this is what our retirement's gonna be like. What? Just nothing to do and being weird all the time. Yeah. And being trapped inside because we're scared of going on the ice and breaking our hips. I'm still scared of the ice. There shouldn't be ice. It's the middle of April. Yeah. Lousy smarch weather. Stupid smarch. But when we're retired, I'm going to start taking drugs. All the drugs. Because who cares? If I get to be 100, crystal meth. That's how I'm going to celebrate. <laughs> Noted. I'm going to join a demolition derby while on crystal meth for my 100th birthday. Wow. And then they'll be like, oh, he died. But he was 100 on crystal meth and in a demolition derby. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, you'd get written up in all the papers for yeah. sure. And then it'll say, he died the way he lived on crystal meth in a demolition derby. <laughs> but you only lived that for like five minutes. So no. it's not a very accurate. However I die, I want my tombstone to say, he died the way he lived and then the cause of death. So it'll be like, he died the way he lived, being eaten by a shark. He died the way he lived, slipping on ice. Aww. He died the way he lived, being shot in the face at a pizza hut. <laughs> this is morbid. I don't think I can handle much more morbidity. All right, then let's start our podcast. Welcome. It's called I Love This. You should too. My name is Indy Randawa. I hope to never be shot in the face in a pizza hut because... I can't even think the last time I was in a Pizza Hut. Like physically in one. Yeah, maybe when I was a teenager or something. Maybe like 10 years ago? More than that, I think. Oh. And with me is my lovely co-host, Samantha. I don't want to die slipping on ice heat. <laughs> it's me, Samantha. How are you doing, Sam? I'm good. I'd be better if I could stop eating. This quarantine has made me very hungry. Yeah. I think that's just what it does. Yeah. I just, I, I want to eat everything. I want to bake everything. And bake I it and then eat it. Bake it and then eat it. Yep. Sometimes eating it before baking it. Oh, that's a bad idea. Although I do that a lot. Yeah. I eat a lot of cookie, cookie dough. dough. Yep. Um, and then I also just want to like sit on the couch and watch junk TV. After the first week, at least, I've been pretty trying to be active, at least. To say, yeah. like, now it's time for this. Now it's time for this. But I'm very easily convinced not to do work. Just like in real life. Yeah. As soon as you say, how about you sit on the couch instead? I go, yes, please. And then I do. So I, I'm, I cave to peer pressure very easily. And I only have one peer now because I can't leave the house. Because you can't leave the house. Yes, I am a bad peer to have for not wanting to sit on the couch because that is where my butt usually is. That's where your butt usually is. Yeah. <laughs> your butt used to be very well traveled, but now... That's that's where it usually <laughs> that's where is. It usually is. That's home base. Yeah. When this quarantine started, we had a good backlog of episodes. Yeah. We record ahead of time because we were doing sometimes two a week, but we only release one a week. And it gives me a chance to edit and everything. And just in case we get busy for a week. <laughs> uh, since we've been on lockdown, we have very little to do. Yeah. And we stopped recording. We haven't recorded in like three weeks. Yeah. Huh. We worked through that backlog, and now we are recording on the Wednesday before the Monday is being released. Yeah, so I'll have time to edit it over the next few days, and it'll get out on time, I yeah. assume. But you'd think we'd have more time to do this. <laughs> well, maybe we should get into it, cause, or else we can just talk quarantine all the time. But I think so. I watched network TV for the first time in very long time yesterday, and all they talk about 
Of course, all they talk about is uh, COVID-related stuff. Yeah. But the then all on. the shows are just the same things you see on your computer. It's all just upright home videos from people's phones of like, hey, look at this baby doing something. Why is that on the news? <laughs> because there is no other content. There, There is. Things are happening in the world. I 100% guarantee they are. But everyone's just like, hey, you know how we're all at home? Let's see other people just at home. But that's the last thing I want to see. Yeah. I want to see the things that are different from my sad life on the couch. Like dolphins. Sure. Or puppies. Yep. Yeah, because we do run to the window anytime a puppy goes by. It's true. That's been our other source of entertainment is the dogs that live in our building. And when they go for little walks, we all like... We all. All of us. Yeah. All of us. All of us here in the condo. <laughs> we run to the window and uh, watch them. And uh, our favorite dog, Charlie, we saw her today. This one's for you, Charlie. This one's for you, Charlie. All right. Well, let's start our episode. How this works is we take turns presenting a movie to the other. And last week, Samantha got me to watch a movie called Brittany Runs a Marathon. True. Um... So the first thing I'm going to ask Indy is, I loved this movie. Did you? I liked this movie. Oh, okay. That was pretty good. I'll take it. It takes a lot for me to love a movie. True. But I thought it was a pretty good movie. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. It comes across like a pretty standard feel-good romantic comedy, but... This one, I feel like, does have an extra little layer. I remember you saying that about a different movie that, oh, about Holiday in the Wild. You said, it's not just a romantic comedy. It hits that, but then it has an extra layer. It absolutely did not. And then later when we're watching it, I said, what was that extra layer? And you're like, "Mm, I don't know, elephants maybe? (laughs) So on this one, this legitimately has all the tropes, most of the tropes of a standard romantic comedy, but then it has an extra act at the end that those other movies do not. So it does take things a little further. So I thought it was uh, was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. I still love it. All right, podcast over. The end. Let's go eat some snacks. Yeah. (laughs) So, Indy, let's start by talking about some of the characters. Because like you said, this is kind of um, like your standard feel-good comedy romantic comedy movie so what did you think of britney played by jillian bell yes she is very good in this i really like her as an actress yeah. even if you don't like this movie she ha- gives a very good performance and i think that's something regardless of what we say you can't take that away this is a she was very good in this what about britney as a character I think we'll get into that a bunch more later because I we watched it and since it's so long ago that we watched it, I watched a few scenes today when I was attempting to do my taxes and it's not going well. <laughs> uh, CRA website, fucking get it together. How do you need to register in order to register? It's just a loop. It's do a you want to register? Register first and then you can register. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Anyways. I will save that for my other podcast, Tax Talk. She is, at first, seemingly charming because she's funny and you kind of commiserate with the character as she's going through hardships, but she's also an asshole. Mm -hmm. But what's different in this movie is they kind of call her out on that. While in a lot of movies... Like we go back to Bride's Wars, where Bride Wars, where I said both of those characters are terrible people, but it's 
just fine to everyone. They're like, yeah. no, they're actually heroes. They're not. In this, she's an asshole for most of the movie, and she realizes she's an asshole. Yeah. And kind of tries to work on it a little. That is one of the things that I really like about this movie. So they didn't pick the super bubbly, happy, like, Cinderella-type girl. They picked someone who, like, is very complex and is um, kind of the opposite. She's, like, Brittany is a bad person. She's not very good at to, like, root for at the beginning of the movie. And I really appreciated that she goes through quite a complex journey in order to get to um, running the marathon and the end. Um, There's a lot of, like, past trauma that she kind of works through. There's a lot of, um, like, self-doubt. And um, she really has to get through some of that. And her friends call her out along the way in order for her to be able to, like, be successful in what she in what she's trying to do, which is ultimately change her life and run the marathon. Everything you're saying is true, and that's what made me like this movie, but I don't feel like those things were explored in depth enough, and a lot of it was kind of glossed over, mm-hmm. and I think that's what prevented me from like loving this movie. I agree. It introduces these things, which yes. is great, because most movies don't. Most movies don't. But that wasn't the concentration of the movie. I felt like the majority of the movie still tends to go on the more like typical rom-com mm-hmm. tropes. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying. I think that um they could have delved a little deeper into them, but I I understand that they were trying to make it like a lighter, fluffier movie and not so much like a like a real sit down and work through your issues and struggle and hurt and that kind of thing. Um, because they were trying to keep it light and they were trying to focus on her running journey. I definitely think that they could have focused on some of the real issues and glossing over stuff. Kind of like the BMI issue and her like clearly needing therapy. I think uh, I think we could have had a really good moral outcome if they had kind of gone through and just even shown her like getting help and talking to someone and the way that the doctor puts her on that diet is like very easily like a crash course towards like an eating disorder. Yeah, that is all true, but I wouldn't have even gone that way with the movie. No. I think what it needed was about two-thirds of the movie in, she kind of has a realization that she's been projecting these things upon herself. Mm -hmm. She assumes this is how the world sees her, and she's been acting accordingly. Mm -hmm. And she's been terrible to her two friends, her uh, running friends. Yeah. And there, the reconciliation there is where I would have loved to have seen something. Like, even if you don't go into the whole, like, yes, I have all these problems that I'm dealing with, and here's me seeking therapy to be a better person. If you just had her kind of realize that more and kind of have an uh, apologetic moment, yes. realize that she's been bad to people, that a lot of the things she assumed everyone was saying about her wasn't them. It was her. Yeah. That is in the movie, but it's just such a small part. Mm -hmm. There's like that awkward brunch scene. Yeah. And then everything's okay again. Yeah. And I would have loved to have seen her character admit her mistakes and work on being a better person. Mm -hmm. Because this movie, it doesn't go as far to be like, hey, I am skinny now. So now all my problems are solved. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's a good movie. But it doesn't go as far as to have her really tackle what her real problems were 
were about how she sees herself and how she assumes other people are and how really she is untrusting, untrustworthy, and sees the worst in people and has been acting that out. Yeah. If she would have come to terms with that kind of stuff, it could have put it into that next level. But it just, it brings that stuff up and it's just kind of solved real quickly. Mm -hmm. Because it is, it is complicated stuff to get into. I think so. And this script was uneven, I guess. So this movie is about someone who needs to get over their unhealthy partying ways and the marathon is kind of the symbol for that. So she's yeah. going to train and she's going to run the marathon and then her problems are going to be solved because right. she'll be thin and fit and happy. And that's a very typical movie. This goes a step further into showing that her being more fit doesn't solve all these problems. No. But it doesn't go far enough to have her tackle these other ones. And what it comes down to is like, yeah, pretty much her being fit solved most of the problems. Yeah. It still does. So it's kind of playing halfway. And it's definitely a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it gets all the way there. I'd agree with that. That's why it's like a 7 out of 10 movie for me. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's introducing things most good... movies don't. But it's it's not kind of uh, revolutionizing the, the genre or anything like that. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. But it is a kind of a feel-good movie. And um, I definitely enjoyed watching her struggle, um, like, with running, just, like, going with the basic thing, because they feel like it's a very relatable thing. Yes, because running is the worst. Running is the worst. That being said, on day two, she's already doing five kilometers, which is not the easiest. No. If you're not running at all, and if you're in as bad of a shape as she apparently was. Yeah. She does over two miles the first day, which is pretty close to 5K. I think Second day. three miles is 5K. But okay. yeah, yeah. So that's very close to 5K. And to run that entire time is like... If I, you haven't done it at all, yeah, that's not easy. I'm not 100% sure I could pump out three miles in a row. For instance, there is one part where she goes on a date with this guy who is a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And she's like doing her funny bits because she always thinks she has to be the funny sidekick. So she's putting on accents and things. Yeah. And he goes like, no, you don't need to do that. You don't need to be guarded. Just be yourself. And then she freaks out and leaves. Yeah. Why isn't that explored? Exactly. Yeah. That's such a great moment. And to have her reflect on that would have would have been great. And it's just kind of left. Uh -huh. Like it's there. But they don't really dwell on it or reach any sort of conclusion with that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Catherine and Seth, her running friends. Oh, yes. Catherine is uh, Michaela Watkins. Yes. I've never seen Seth in anything before. I don't know that he's been in anything before. I like Michaela Watkins. She's not in a lot, but if you see her you'll be like oh yeah i saw her in yeah. and you'll you'll recognize her from she's something. very recognizable for sure and she um she's always very funny in she's a very, like, like dry way <laughs> a low budget katherine keener a little bit yeah i could see that you can't get katherine keener maybe you'll get her but she was in like um uh wanderlust i saw her in that that i liked she's on oh, yeah. transparent there's a bunch of other things, but it's one that it's hard to remember because she's never the lead, but she's always there. I Yes. And she definitely did a good job of being that like older figure. And I think when Brittany discovers that she also doesn't have her life together, that makes her a little bit more forgiving of herself. She assumes what she calls her money bags, Martha. 
And I think that um, really shows that she assumes that everyone else has their life together like ever. And uh, everybody that she sees is doing so much better than her. And she realizes that um, Catherine doesn't have a great life. She's currently fighting a divorce. Uh, trying to get custody of her children. Trying to get custody of her children. Um, she's overcoming drug addiction. She's um, like struggling to kind of put her life back together as well. And um, I think that it wouldn't have been as good a movie had Brittany kind of been like, oh, we're both struggling and like kind of realized that right off the bat because she is kind of rude to Catherine. Oh, she's terrible to Catherine. But because it's Jillian Bell and she's charming and funny, yeah. you don't really question it too much yeah. at the beginning when she's very mean to this person who's only trying to help her yes. and constantly is trying to help yeah. her. And she's she's an asshole to her. And I love that the movie's does the bit about you don't know people's struggles mm-hmm. until you, like, know them. Yes. And usually that's done for a certain type of character, but mm-hmm. for this person who is a positive person, seems to have it all going on, and then we get to see the insight into it, it's a type of character that often doesn't get this type of depth. Yes. And exploration, and I'm glad they did, and she is a, a very likable character, because mm-hmm. I, like, I like the actress. She's someone who has it all going on but doesn't mm-hmm. but is trying her best and trying to bring as many people with her yes. and she's yeah she's a very likable character she's, i liked her a lot she's so lovely and um i definitely think that everyone could use a catherine in their life everyone needs a catherine needs a, a running coach that can be like hey come on you can do it <laughs> i also like there's a couple lines uh where catherine's like making fun of the other like really intense runners even though catherine herself has run a marathon and is fast and like already knows how to run she runs in the back with seth and Brittany, and she's like people in the front are like way too intense for me yeah <laughs> let's talk about seth seth is another charming character it's uh an actor that I'm not familiar with and maybe someone you probably wouldn't see in a lot of romantic comedies. Yeah. He's not exactly like, there's nothing wrong with him, but he's not a, a leading man, handsome type of person. Micah Stock. Yeah, he's he's an average guy trying to better his life for his children, really. Yes, yeah. And uh, it's kind of nice because everybody in this movie is trying to change their life in one way or another. Um, for Seth, he's trying to look more, like, tough to his son, mm-hmm. who um, came out and said that you're the mommy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's, like, trying to kind of make himself feel better and show his son that, like, anybody can, you know, be anything. And I think that's a really good lesson for, like, children to learn. Um, and it's, like, admirable that he's going about it and trying to do this thing for his son and for himself. And um, it's nice that they didn't give Brittany, like, a, another, like, bigger friend who's got the same goal. Because mm-hmm. it very easily could have been, like, the two bigger girls at the back of the running pack bond and become best friends and then get thin together. Yeah, it shows that the... That struggle, the struggle mm-hmm. to to get in shape, it, that also comes in all sizes. Yes. You might be someone who's large, who's trying to lose weight. You might be someone who's very thin, but just like isn't in shape. Because yes. being out of shape looks a lot of different ways. It does look a lot of different ways. And I think that um, like, especially with a marathon, because a marathon is like extreme endurance and like really hard on your body in different ways. And even the like most fit 
top level athletes can just like drop dead in a marathon because you're just stressing your body to the point where like you just can't go anymore and uh you see that throughout the like the marathon scene where you see people of all shapes and sizes being either taken out or running past and um, being like approached by like the course um, marshals to make sure that they're okay. Like when that lady goes over and helps Brittany um, and it's everybody and anybody who's like, f- like hurting themselves or failing or struggling. And it's not just, Brittany, who's coming from a weight loss perspective. So I I enjoyed seeing three very different characters as kind of like the core three. There's a lot of really interesting representation in this movie. And I know like just including a lot of representation of different groups doesn't make a movie. Yeah. But it is always nice to see when it can be incorporated and not seem like a point of like, hey, look at this. Look what we're doing. We're mm-hmm. inclusive. But you do have people of different body sizes in yes. this movie. You have uh, a couple of different female friendships that do not fall apart because of men, nor are they competing for men. Yes. Another thing we don't see in a lot of romantic comedies. You have a Indian love interest, which this is the first time I've <laughs> seen that in a movie. I remember when I saw the last uh, Spider-Man movie and there's a brown... Flash Thompson is like an Indian bully in my lifetime. I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> and this is the first, uh, I wouldn't say a romantic lead because he's not that type of character. No. But we do get to see a an, an Indian love interest mm-hmm. for a white character, which I've, I can't remember seeing. Not often. The mm-hmm. only time you see that happen is when it's pointed out as a like, oh, it's so hard for them because they're culturally different. Because yes, yeah. It was like it's usually really the story obviously mentioned. of the Indian character and then they have a white love interest at some point. Mm-hmm. That happens. But that was the first time I'd seen that. You have a uh, gay character who is married with children and it's not a it's thing not about them. It's just, yeah, that that's him. When they first meet... Um, Seth and Brittany when they first meet on that run and they have that moment where the preschool children are walking faster than them running and they think they're going backwards and then they start talking about um oh my son asked me if I was the mommy and like you don't really realize that he's gay until he just kind of offhand mentions it yeah and we get to see his husband later yeah he's not overly flamboyant he's not like playing that like quote gay character right? and especially in romantic comedies there is like a terrible history of the gay best friend mm-hmm. who is they're very cringeworthy even yes. though people thought it was progressive at the time it was not no and to have this kind of like try to undo some of those 90s romantic comedy mm-hmm. cliches yeah, so we have we have a gay best friend, but he's not the gay best friend. He is just a really supportive friend who just a guy. is like kind of fighting his own battle and um he and Brittany really get along. And yeah. that's that's you know, they're supporting each other and they're trying to help each other, but um he's not like you go girl and like yeah. giving her all these sassy one liners, which I think we really like really would have taken away from Oh my god, that from would, yeah. like the nice sweet kind of feeling of this movie yeah, it would have been a, a breakfast at tiffany's moment mm-hmm. where you're like this is a good movie Ooh, but that one part Ooh, yeah and you're just like this doesn't need that should we talk about britney's friend gretchen yeah we don't get to see much no. about her and as i've rewatched a few scenes today that's a much more complicated relationship mm-hmm. i think than i gave it credit for 
I really liked this relationship because it it's a relationship. I don't know if you've had this kind of relationship, but I've definitely had this kind of relationship with other girls where you're like silently kind of in competition with them always. And that's kind of what fuels your friendship. I have not. No, that <laughs> this seems very foreign to me. Please explain. Um, I think it's like it's kind of a girl thing, but um, I definitely think that there's definitely like a sidekick vibe between them, between Gretchen and Brittany. And Gretchen is really used to Brittany just being a sidekick. And usually when these kind of friendships fall apart, it's um, when the person who is kind of the designated sidekick all of a sudden has something going on in their lives. And isn't there to kind of, like, text back right away or, um, like, offer a reassuring, you know, hug or drop everything to take them out for drinks or anything like that. Like, it's it's very hard for there to be two, like, main stars in those kind of toxic relationships. Um, so I think when Gretchen starts to uh, kind of get upset at Britney, it's when Britney all of a sudden has other friends and doesn't want to go out and party and all of a sudden they have nothing in common anymore. And I think um, their fight is kind of, it shows um, that Britney's grown a little bit and has kind of realized a little bit more of her worth. Maybe she hasn't like finished growing, but she um, definitely is starting to think a little bit differently about herself and a little bit differently about her new kind of hobby and her new friend group. Yeah, I think at that point, if she even says, I'm not your fat sidekick. Mm-hmm. And the first watch through, I was like, yeah, I got that. And Gretchen's like the, the mean girl and yeah, go Brittany, because we were on the journey with her. Mm-hmm. I watched that scene over again today and I feel very differently about it. Oh, now. please share. I feel like Brittany was an asshole too. Oh, Brittany is absolutely an asshole. So at, at that point, Gretchen is saying, like, I, I broke up with my boyfriend. Like, I really need some support right now. Like, let's go. What do you want? Beer, tequila? And she's like, no, I'm not drinking. Gretchen doesn't say, like, what? And she goes, okay, well, let's do something else. How about ice cream? And then Brittany was like, I, I can't. I have to go get ready for stuff. So Brittany was being kind of dismissive first. Yeah. And then Gretchen, of course, is is reactive and is an asshole, too. Yes. And she's <laughs> Two assholes. saying, yeah, so they were both... I guess codependent in a way. Mm-hmm. They were both feeding off each other and feeding off each other's negativity and kind of caught in that in this weird like friendship loop. That yeah. Way. And it was working for both of them because they were in stasis for a long time. Yes. And it worked like that. But now that Britney's growing, that dynamic isn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. But I do like that they didn't make Gretchen just this, like, shallow, mean girl type. Yes, exactly. There were some more there to her. There were some her. moments, and they you see them kind of having fun. Yeah, and because it, she is kind of, like, the fifth most important character, she's not nearly as developed and is a little one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. But even on that, they give her a little bit of complexity. Yeah. More than a lot of movies would for a character this small. Yeah. I agree. And I appreciate that in this, they show that, like, by changing your life, yeah, you're probably gonna end up growing out of some of your relationships because running for a marathon is, like, three or four hours a day. Like, going out on these big, long runs and training and, like, really, like, reorganizing your life, I think that that is something that not all your friends will kind of be able to keep up with 
and to have that common ground where Brittany mentions a couple times throughout the movie, like, oh, would you ever want to go running with me sometime? And she's like, I can't run or I can't do excessive cardio because I lose weight too quickly. Yeah. So she's never going to be that friend for Brittany who understands the like weight issue and the issue of um like i'm running to get fit true and that's that's legitimate but also on the other hand Brittany ha- isn't being the type of person who's saying like just because we don't have common interests doesn't mean we can't be friends oh absolutely. she's kind of saying like this is my life now and i think we all have friends who either start a relationship start a hobby start mm-hmm. training for a marathon and that's their life and you're like can we talk about other stuff and they're like no this is all i do now <laughs> yeah and britney is kind of kind of getting into that character yeah. at that part of the movie at mm-hmm. least absolutely and i think everybody at some point is kind of guilty of that um and it it there are definitely more like delicate ways to handle that kind of thing and she could have definitely been more kind of feeling and understanding to the fact that Gretchen like literally feels like she has nothing left with Brittany mm-hmm. and she's like trying and she's trying to bring back some of those old things that they had in common so that they could maybe like work towards finding other stuff that they can do together but Brittany does kind of just shut her down and Brittany is also very they're both very judgmental of each other because yes. Brittany is convinced throughout the movie that everyone judges her and sees her in a certain way mm-hmm. because of what she looks like she is so set on this that she's actually the one more than anyone who's judging everyone and saying mm-hmm. this is what you believe this is what you believe i know what i don't need to meet these people to know what they're like and money bags martha yeah and she's doing it from a place of of being hurt Mm -hmm. and a place of pain rather than of just believing she's better than everyone she's clearly been hurt by people in the past and she assumes everyone's like that very unfair for sure but it's maybe a more relatable jackassery (laughs) yeah (laughs) absolutely i feel like i already said this but i really appreciate all the little facets of friendship um that britney gets from different people throughout this movie because it really shows um her character and how she's just kind of a normal person she's not fluffy princess type and she's not um you know the the girl who gets everything that she wants right off the bat um she does kind of have to work for it and she has all of these different relationships and they really shape how uh how she goes forward in this movie so we're talking about how britney believes people see the worst in her but i'm not sure where the movie itself lands on this yeah whether or not the movie does in fact say like oh yeah if you're overweight people are mean to you and if you as soon as you start looking better everyone's nicer to you Mm -hmm. because it does seem that that's what the movie puts forward a lot. A little bit, yeah. I I would definitely agree with that. At the same time, it's nice to see Britney start believing in herself a little bit more. Yeah, but at this point, she's believing in herself purely because she looks better. Yeah. She has not made any steps to be a nicer person. Yeah. And it seems the looks part is hit a lot harder than any sort of internal personal growth. Mm-hmm. That comes much later and much more quickly, while most of it is is about the weight loss. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of a twist towards the end where we try to get this idea of like, see, it wasn't just about the weight loss. You're not happy just with the weight loss. 
But the movie concentrates 80% just on the weight loss. Yes, yeah. So it's kind of a bit of a mixed message in that way. I wish they had focused on this a little bit more healthily. Um, I definitely don't agree with, like I said, the doctor and the way that he just brings up BMI. And BMI is like very... um, It only tells one side. It only tells one side because it's just based on height and weight. And I think that that is a really unhealthy thing to focus on just by itself. Yeah, that aspect is, yeah, unhealthy and a little lazy. But then also throughout the movie, it seems like it does agree with Brittany's idea that as soon as I look better, everyone will treat me better because mm-hmm. people start treating her very differently. Yes. And it's also kind of hard to that they keep going on about like, oh, how fat she is. I mean, she's a pretty average person. Yes. It's like in a lot of those other types of romantic comedies where they're like, oh, look at this nerd. And you're like, that's just Anne Hathaway in glasses. She's gorgeous. Like, we all know <laughs> this. We're not buying into that, that yeah. this person's a nerd. Yeah. Just like how... Through most of the movie, she's of quite average, really. Not even, like, large in any respect, but we're, it's always about her weight. So I thought that this was more commenting on that that's what she's internalized. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what she looks like, she believes that she is too fat. Whatever yes. her actual weight is. Yeah. That's what always is what she's going to think. There's no worth. And that it would be a really interesting point. But it doesn't do that because as soon as she starts losing weight, she's like, yeah, I look great now. Mm -hmm. And then people who she's known literally notice her for the first time. Yes, like that girl at the theater, her boyfriend or husband. Who's met her many times and now he's like hitting on her because she lost 20 pounds. She was literally invisible until she loses the weight. Yeah. Which is... That's not a great message. Yeah. And I guess you could also be saying that, like, well, that's on him. Like, he's a bad character. And we get that. He's a jerk in the movie. But it's also saying that that's what the world is and that her 20-pound loss is that significant, that mm-hmm. it literally changes her life and how everyone sees her. Yeah. And I get yeah, definitely, that is a feeling in much of the world. If what you look like definitely changes how people see you. But a lot of this movie posits that, like, that's it. That's all there is. Mm -hmm. And if you're bigger, you're unlovable. And if you're thin, you're very popular. Mm -hmm. And it's a little one-dimensional on that part. It's a little little easy. It's a little lazy. Yes. And I definitely think that they could have added a little bit more dimension in that and still kept kind of the pace and the feel of the movie. What I would have loved is if she went up to someone now that she is her new fit self, expecting things to be very different, because she is expecting. And they're just like, they have not changed their opinion of her. Yeah. So like, yeah, you were a dick before, you're a dick now, you're just 20 (laughs) pounds thinner, so I'm not going to be nice to you. Exactly, yeah. And then we would have that second realization that comes later in the movie where she realized that she has to improve her her attitude. Yes. Because that part is, there's not a lot of time spent on it. No. Which is a shame. And they definitely should have spent a little bit more time on that. Uh, Should we talk about Jern, the love interest? Yeah. He was good. I liked him. He's funny. Is it Jern? Is that how it's pronounced? Jern, played by Utkarsh Ambudkar. And Erlen, the last one you're saying, did I butcher that? I didn't know what name you were trying oh, to I say. Oh, I definitely butchered that. I apologize. I <laughs> I'm sure he's used to it. But sure I've only seen him in a few things. And I think, isn't he Mindy's brother in the Mindy Project? He might have been on that. Um, I think he does some stand-up maybe. Uh, he was in Pitch Perfect. 
I haven't seen that one. Oh, okay. Um, he plays a kind of a similar, like, wacky best friend kind of character. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does that really, really well. Yeah, I thought he was really funny. I liked him as a love interest for her because he, like, she's not your leading lady in your typical rom-com. He's not your leading man in a typical no, one either. exactly. And their interplay was was fun. Again, she was terrible to him. Yes. And he just was super nice to her. Yeah. And I wish she had had to make some sort of change, more meaningful apology and change to win him back. Yeah. Because you see that in the male driven ones more often when they do something wrong and they have to like make a big grand yes. gesture to win the woman back. Brittany should have had to make a bigger grand gesture. Really? Because yeah. they're just like not together and then she runs the marathon and he yells i love you and then it flashes to the next scene where they're like living together so you don't really get like an arc for that ending you're just like oh okay they're together now yeah you get they fall for each other she's very mean tells him to go away and leaves town and then they're living together yeah i guess there was that one apology scene but it didn't seem like enough. No, because then she like friend zoned him. And she's super judgmental of him early on in the exact way that she assumes everyone's judging her. Mm-hmm. And I wish that would have been like pointed out. Yeah. Because I think it's something you have to look for. And I'm not even sure if it's something that the writer had in mind or if it just like happened to be there. Yeah. One section that didn't really ring true to me in this movie that does a good job of having authentic looking and feeling characters Mm -hmm. is at one point she's like, I just need to lose three pounds. And it like really hones in on that three pounds and she just runs and she's like, nope, haven't gotten it there yet. Yeah, let's run some more. And she just keeps running one day to try to lose the three pounds suddenly. And she runs so much that she like, has fractures in her leg ankle something like that yeah and that just kind of came out of nowhere like we needed a setback for her yeah so we needed to put that in there but it just really came out of nowhere just one day she's like oh yeah fuck you fuck you fuck you i need to lose three pounds and she just runs herself into a broken leg and if she had just done those things and been injured that would have been enough it was this really weird obsessive yeah part that kind of and came she's out of not like that for the rest of the movie no. i found that very strange um but i also uh can kind of understand that from like a weight loss perspective like if she's going through this extreme weight loss and they often like recommend that you also do some kind of therapy to go with an extreme weight loss because of the way that you view yourself and like past traumas and that kind of thing. Like it can be very easy to spiral into that of like, I'm going to go for three runs in a day and weigh myself every 30 minutes and really like track what I'm eating. And I, I think they could have done something smarter and um, more helpful with that scene if that's the way that they wanted to go. But this was about eight months into her journey. So yeah. it seems odd that just one day she just snaps yeah. and says like, I need these three pounds. And yeah. yeah, it seemed like it was done as a plot contrivance more than anything. Oh, absolutely. Just to like push the plot forward so that she can't run the marathon. So after Brittany goes through her rehab and she's able to start running again and she's talking to Jaren and she's like, of course, that was always the goal was to run the New York City Marathon. She starts um, to kind of run again. And at the end of the movie, she is kind of getting her goal of being able to run. And I really enjoyed um, the marathon sequence. What did you think of it? 
I did in a lot of ways because you've been with this character this whole time mm-hmm. and you've been following their journey. And of course, I was being nitpicky and saying things I didn't like and things that would be different. Yeah. But you're rooting for her. Mm-hmm. You, this whole time, you want her to succeed. And when you're actually seeing it, it's a pretty exhilarating scene. And any type of sports movie, like um, this included, they have that kind of built-in mechanism because mm-hmm. it's a literal race. Yeah. All of the things she's been working for, all these metaphorical journeys are being made very literal here. So it's a it's a great device. And the scale of it is really interesting to see. It did take me out a little bit because it looks so different than everything else for the movie. Yes. Because everything is kind of shot in that handheld indie style with the... Uh, pretty full key lighting for like you'd see in most comedies Mm -hmm. and at this point they are using some of the actual photography from the the marathon and a lot of what i assume is stock footage there's a good bit of stock footage yeah i think i think a lot of it might have been like news footage Mm -hmm. and then just like the new york city marathon's like publicity team taking footage as well because there is a lot of just crowds yeah and there's one sequence which i really disliked actually where You get a shot of her, and then she kind of flashbacks to, first, I'm just going to run this one block. And you get to see her through the time, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. But then the entire world goes blue, except for her, and it's kind of like sloppily done. Yeah, that didn't seem like it matched. Like, I really liked the footage that they used for the marathon, because it made you feel like you were right in there. Like, that's going to be noisy. It's going to be, like crowded it's going to be really stressful um and you're kind of going to be able to feel that like energy from the crowd because everyone's down there cheering on their runners um i felt like that flashback scene didn't need to happen because we were like at the end of the movie we've seen all of that already and like maybe just one or two flashes but not like a whole montage i didn't mind that because i kind of liked that it recapped her Mm -hmm. journey did any of the marathon scene make you emotional yeah. Yeah. And at one point, she's kind of breaking down mm-hmm. both physically and emotionally. And we get to see her friends who had supported her so much have come mm-hmm. back to support her again and people cheering her on. And yeah, I think that was that was very effective. One of the like the moment that really um, kind of started me off on being emotional was the moment that she accepts help from that course marshal is like... Her being like, no, I'm doing this myself. I only need myself. I don't need your money. I don't need, like, your help. I just, like, I I can do this on my own. And then she finally realizes that, like, no, you sometimes have to accept help. And this woman, like, helps her up off the ground and, like, gives her a little pep talk and, like, makes sure that she's, like, okay. And then her friends show up and then I'm just, like, a mess. (laughs) Yeah. That was really good because maybe I didn't appreciate that it was so representative of what she really needed to work on mm-hmm. in that in accepting help. Yeah. Because it was such a small part relative to the, like, losing weight kind of thing. Yes, yeah. But that is a, that is a good touch that she's finally accepting help because that's what she refused to do, yeah. much to her and everyone else's detriment for most of the movie. And right up until that moment, she's refusing help. Mm-hmm. She's like, nope, I'm fine. Nope, I don't need a paramedic. Nope, I'm like, I just need a moment. I just need to, like breathe for a moment and then she finally accepts the fact that like she's literally on the concrete on the street like trying to like keep her composure and so yeah she does need help from somebody and she realizes that accepting help is not accepting judgment they don't think they're better than you it's not condescension it's Mm -hmm. just help sometimes sometimes you just need someone to like pick you up off the pavement 
Literally. Literally. <laughs> and then her friends behind her definitely help um, as they get to cheer her on. And you can kind of hear their conversation like the app says she should be right here. And like, yeah. that's sweet. Um, and I really like that you can um, that they were able to find her in that that specific moment of when she was like ready to to call it quits. Like her body was already quitting. The whole marathon scene really made me happy at the end. And I think it allows me to gloss over some of some of the more questionable bits. Mm-hmm. And I think in the stuff we're talking about, it's not that this is a movie that's like fat shaming. I feel no. like it's very good for the most part. It just takes a few little shortcuts and a kind of for the sake of fitting into an hour 40, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it doesn't concentrate on a lot of emotional growth things that I would have personally found more interesting. Mm -hmm. But I'm not saying like it needs to do all these. It's just it would have been better with those things. It would have put it up to that next level. It's already a level above a standard romantic comedy, I think. Yeah. It's much more aware of itself, of its audience, of the world today. Mm -hmm. But there's always more work that you can do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there is no perfect movie. Didn't you see The Shining? (laughs) I knew you were going to have like an example after I said that. (laughs) Cabinet of Dr. Caligari? No, I haven't seen that. Well, it's pretty perfect. What is the ideal evening to watch this movie? What is the ideal evening to yeah, watch this movie? Yeah, because, you know, there's, like, some nights where you're like, let's watch a horror movie. And some nights where you want to watch, like, a real thinker. What's the night? Okay, this is the night when you should watch this movie. Uh, you've been quarantined for a while. You feel like you're being a little lazy. Maybe you feel like you're eating too much. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going uh, to go get in shape a little bit. I'm going to go run. You try running for the first time and it doesn't go as well as you think. You're <laughs> Never like, does. A marathon is 28 miles, something like that. 32. A marathon is 32 miles and then you go to run three and you can't do it. You're like, holy shit, I'm terrible. I'm worthless. Then you go home, you watch Britney runs a marathon. You'll feel better about things. You realize that everything is a struggle. Everything's a journey. Oh, 26. Sorry. 26 miles? Yes. Um, I agree. So, Indy, do you have any final thoughts on this? Again, like I always am on the show, I'm very critical of it, but I want to stress that I end up pretty positive on it. It shows just how difficult it is to find that kind of middle ground mm-hmm. when it comes to something as like deeply personal as body issues and self-confidence. But sometimes it ends up feeling like it's a story told about these personal things from someone who hasn't quite experienced it themselves. Yeah. It seems a little bit detached and not fully empathetic all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think the movie's at its best when it's focusing on Britney specifically. Yes. And at times we maybe feel like it's making broader statements about weight loss, how people see you in the world, um, what your physical appearance says about your internal being. Mm -hmm. And when it's getting a little too grand, I think it gets a little more muddled. Mm-hmm. But when it's focusing on Britney's story specifically, it's uh, it's captivating. Julie Bell's very good in it. And mm-hmm. that's when it's at her best. But in the end, I'm also still like, if this is the journey of her weight loss and physical fitness, it is a good encapsulation of that. It does a good job of telling that story. Mm-hmm. But if this is the movie about Britney becoming a better, fully realized person... I'm not sure it did as great of a job 
at that. It's in there. And that's an addition that wouldn't be in every movie. Mm -hmm. But it is second to that weightless lost story. Okay. But in the end, I'm like a medium positive on it. Uh, It goes to all of these good places, doesn't flesh everything out fully, but it's a good movie. Yeah, I agree. What are your final thoughts on Brittany Runs a Marathon? Oh, I like how you said that. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, You loved it. I loved it. I um, think I've now seen it three times because we watched it once for the podcast. I watched it once before to make sure I loved it, and then I watched it when it first came out. So... I definitely um, still love it. I um, can definitely see some flaws that may not have been, um, like, obvious on the first watching um, now that I've taken it, like, a little bit deeper. But I overall think that this is a really good movie with, um, like, a pretty positive message. Um, And uh, I would recommend it to anybody who hates running. (laughs) Yeah, or people who love running. <laughs> or people who love running. Um, I appreciate that it's kind of based on loosely based on a real story as well, um, and uh, that it's it's not super campy. I feel like this kind of movie could fall back on being very campy and slapsticky and funny, um, and I think there are definitely some like darker moments and some moments that maybe didn't get quite the service that they deserved, but. Um, definitely added and made it a little bit more complex. Yeah, there was parts in the beginning that were dark, like when the guy's like, here, put these for your knees. Yeah. And then you just see her going home after. I was like, oh, that was grim. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think that um, those moments definitely make the movie more real because those are the kinds of things you're going to hear at the bar. All right. Well, Brittany runs a marathon. (laughs) We both like it. We both had apparently very different bar experiences. (laughs) I've never had that bar experience, but I definitely think that that creepiness is out there. Sure, for sure. Uh, You can watch it on Amazon Prime Video. You you should have watched it already because we ruined the whole thing. Yeah, there are no secrets. But yeah, go check it out and get back to us with what you think. Yeah. We'll see you next week uh, when we run through some more quarantine picks and Indy introduces us to his next movie. Oh, man, I have to find something. I don't have one ready. Oh, no. Okay. I'm just going to go open up my DVD cabinet and see what happens. Stick your hand in? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens, uh, what Indy's hands landed on, and uh, we'll see you next week.